With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. You ever feel like every year feels the same? You ever do that? I mean, it's one of the things that um, I mentioned this. Uh, this is the 17th year. I just, I looked at my Facebook page and like my memories, like this marks the day, uh, September 15th, when I began my contract at ESPN in 2003. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Damn, I've been doing this a long time and I'm getting old and I'm, and I'm getting old. Um, got some stocks and bonds updates for you. We're getting ready for <laughs> hoops. Getting ready for hoops. I see some green. I see some reds as well. There's some, there's some reds. It's not, things aren't great, but anyway, um, it's funny. I used to, my, my first three years at ESPN, I drove down this Jerome Avenue to work. Like I had this little back way. I lived in a town called Burlington, Connecticut. Then I moved to Canton, Connecticut. I love Canton and Collinsville. Collinsville is the village. Canton's the town. And for the next six years, uh, every day I went to work and I went to work 
probably 250 or so days out of the year. Um, I drove down Huckleberry Hill. And right now, this would have been my favorite time. So this was my drive to work where I would, uh, I lived on basically on Bart Drive in two different houses. We actually moved six houses down the street to like my dream house. Anyway, you drive down Bart, you turn left. I can't remember that story name right. And then you get to Huckleberry Hill. Right when I turned to Huckleberry Hill, there was an apple tree. And it was at the front of somebody's property that was like, I don't know, probably 500, 600 yards in the back. And I felt like nobody picked this apple tree. So every year in September, they'd have these like fresh apples and I'd take one and, or I'd take a couple for other people at work. And it was amazing. Like literally every day, I didn't have to pack a snack for work. I just grab a couple apples. And the fall in Connecticut is magnificent. But I remember driving to work in the la- my last couple days and I was like, man, I do feel like I've done this a lot. You know, the same drive. And I'm a I'm a routine guy. Like I get up every morning and I read and then I take my dog to the park and then I go and my, I mean, my dog even knows he's programmed. Like he gets up and no matter where I am or what's going on, like he's, <laughs> he's ready to go. You know, and then, you know, we moved to California and my routine changed. Then we moved back to Connecticut, my routine changed. And then, but, and now for the last three and a half years or so, my routine's been different. I'm pretty much a routine guy, but I remember driving down Huckleberry Hill, Canton and into uh, Collinsville and then through into, you're in Farmington, Connecticut. And then you turn onto, I think it was 177 and it goes the little two lane road, goes right to ESPN. And I remember driving down there going like, man. I don't know. I like, do I want to do this for like the next 20 years? Like the same drive. And I started thinking about like college coaches or like lifers. Like, do you drive the same way to work every day? Or do you try and like, let's get wild and take a right turn here and try and figure it out, you know? But there are times in which it's great because you got routine and there are times in which it's, there's redundancy to it. It becomes redundant. I had a friend tell me the other day that you, you can't change people. They are who they are. Regardless of where they work, regardless of who they work for, just at some point, it's kind of who you are. We all want to evolve. We all want to be different. We all want to try different things. But at the end of the day, like your defaults are your defaults. That's Odell Beckham Jr., right? How many years have we gotten to this place where this is the story? Mike Francesa from Mike and the Dog and then Mike's son, Mike Francesa. That's a win. That's a loss. And we know this. And, and we, we know this. We know this. Mike Francesa tweeted out earlier today, I hear the Browns who are clueless looking to trade Odell. They're asking a lot. I don't often defend Beckham, but he isn't the problem. Okay, and we know this. And you know what? I'm willing to accept that's accurate. Odell Beckham Jr. is not the problem. But you know what else he's not? The solution. Right? And so you're like, wait a second, hold on. No, no, no. You, you, you don't have to be part of the problem to also not be the solution. The Browns are missing. There's something not right. You understand? There's just something not right. And we each kind of convince ourselves that, look, on paper, Chris Sims said this uh, last hour. Remember he said that about Tampa Bay? Like, look, names on a paper, you put them on a football field, they don't just play together. They need time to gel and mold together. So this is 
a guess, but more of an educated guess. It ain't that he's a problem. It's not that he comes in stomping his feet. It's not that he doesn't work hard. It's not that there's anything bad, truly bad about Odell Beckham Jr. But is he helping you win? Is he demanding that others perform at the right level? Is he bringing his own effort so that guys copy his work ethic? Like just because you catch one-handed balls doesn't mean you're willing to I'll give you an example. I'll give you the the perfect example. Julius Randle. Okay. So here's what happens with Julius Randle. Julius Randle last year um, was with the LA Lakers. Was that last year or was it two years? Two years ago, it was with the LA Lakers, right? And midway through the year, and it was his contract year, his contract year. They went to him and said, hey, dude, you're not rolling to the basket. It's like, what do you mean? Well, when certain plays are designed for you to roll. And the reason we want you to roll is not necessarily get the ball, but it's to free everybody else up because they have to help on you. But what you're doing is you're hunting jump shots because you're trying to prove that you can be a stretch for a face up jump shooter to get paid more in the offseason. Right. And a funny thing happened in Julius Randle's career. He got paid. And he went to the New Orleans Pelicans. He actually averaged 21 points a game for the Pelicans. Can I ask you a question? Did they win? Nope. Then he went to the New York Knicks, where he averaged 19 and a half points a game. Again, on paper, you're like, man, the guy's shooting more threes than he has before. And still shooting a low percentage, but he's, you know, he's shooting a pretty good percentage from the field. Very good with New Orleans, average with the Knicks. Averages 20 points a game. He's a star. But is he helping you win games? He's not necessarily part of the problem, but he's not the solution. That's Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. is more talented than half the wide receivers in the league. Does he help you win football games? And look, he doesn't, the GM who traded for him, not there anymore. The coach who okayed the trade, not there anymore. So you have a new coach and a new GM, and they're trying to figure out who are the guys who are going to help us pull ourselves out of this. Some guys are just front runners. When things are going good, they're awesome. When things are going bad, they're not so awesome. It doesn't mean he's a problem. Doesn't mean he's late. Doesn't mean he's a malcontent. Doesn't mean he doesn't work hard. Doesn't mean he's not talented. And doesn't mean when you throw him the football, he doesn't go up and try and make a play. What does he do when the ball's not coming his way? What does he do on running plays when he's a decoy or has to be a blocker? What does he do to help the other wide receivers on the team? What does he do to help his quarterback? What does he do to help his coach? When his coach to Kevin Stefanski, who's never been a head coach before, comes in and talks to the team and then walks out, what does he say? Nothing? Something? Is it something that, hey guys, we got to do what he says. He knows. He's the guy. Or does he just sit there and go like, I'm going to do what I do. Throw me the ball, I'll make plays. Which is likely what it's all about. And oh yeah, by the way, this is a lot like Odell Beckham Jr. in Cleveland. Does he hate being there? No. He 
He's still going to work. He's still catching passes. He's putting all his money away. He could spend the offseason in L.A. and do whatever he wants to do. But does he want to be there? The answer is no. Same as life as it probably is in football. You know, winning cures a lot of things in sports. You know, but when you're losing, adversity exposes. Adversity exposes. When things aren't going well, how do you react? Are you a finger pointer? Or do you point in? Right? And you go back to last year and the, you know, my watch. Why are people concerned with my watch? You know? It's not me. I mean, look, I thought Bruce Arians made a fool, made an ass of himself yesterday. They lose to the New Orleans Saints. His superstar, six-time Super Bowl champion quarterback doesn't play well. That's Bruce Arians' chance right there to go like, you know what? That's all on me. I didn't put him in a position to succeed. It's, you know, it's really hard. Tom has been a part of a winning culture. He knows he's for all he had. You know, you should say he's forgotten more about winning than I'll ever know. And then behind closed doors, he can close the door and go like, hmm, Tommy, let's take it for the, come on, you gotta be better. But instead he pointed the figure outward. You, 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 you. We did this. We did. Hey, we should nothing that they did. We weren't expecting. In other words, we knew it was coming. In other words, it's not us. It's you. Right? And that's the Odell Beckham Jr. And and he may actually be right. It is Baker. Baker's just not that good. But sometimes you need to swallow your pride, be self-deprecating, take the blame, even when it's not your fault. Take the blame when it's not your fault and divert the credit when it is when it is your uh, when you succeed. And there you go. That to me that to me is the makings of a guy who's a great player. You know? I mean, look, I p- people are pointing out the Larry Fitzgerald. Did you see what Larry Fitzgerald did? was at the end of the first half when he got to be caught the football and he runs and actually put it down for the the line judge and then lined up and he was ready to go. Like, look, Larry Fitzgerald is an all-time great because he, not because he dominated football when they went to the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner, but because when his skills started to fade, he said, I'll move inside. I'll become the best blocker. Heinz Ward, same deal. Skills start to fade. Are you, when things are bad, do we want to be around you? Like, look, a, a good portion of sports is just about the type of personality you are. I don't want to be around you. I don't really want you in my football team. You had to be so good. And even then, when things go bad, are you a finger pointer? Again, I'm not saying Odell Beckham Jr. is a horrible person or even a bad person. Probably feels a little immature. Doesn't really like Cleveland. Probably super frustrated with, with Baker Mayfield, who does throw his way a lot. But there's a reason that the Giants signed him to a huge contract and then traded him to their own detriment. There's a reason that the moment he hit the ground in Cleveland, the the Browns didn't feel like they got better. They got more talented, but did they get better? 
And when you have a rookie head coach that has no ties and doesn't, and you start losing and the rumors of trying to move you begin, tells you all you need to know. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy. Doesn't mean he's the problem. Also doesn't mean he's the solution. Coming up next week, one in the books, I'll give you my top five, but maybe more importantly, what you don't have anywhere else. The five worst teams in the NFL. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. 
Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Cristina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Alley Show, Fox Sports Radio. We got the creme de la creme, and we got the Gary. You're like, what's the Gary? So, uh, as we're reminiscing today, I used to play uh, pickup hoops a couple days a week at a place called St. Joe's College in West Hartford, Connecticut. St. Joe's College, by the way, that's where Jim Calhoun coaches now. Used to be an all-woman's school. Um, and uh, so I went and I, I played this. And the there was a group of guys. They were the nicest guys. And my buddy Gary played there. And Gary wasn't the worst player, but he was the worst player. And here's what I mean. Okay. Part of what makes the Cleveland Browns the worst team is that they're actually pretty good. But they think they're awesome and they're not that they're not any good. It's like the Baker Mayfield thing. You know, like I, I, I think the the Titans know Ryan Tannehill is not that good. So they don't have him throw it 30 times a game, you know, or 40 times a game. They have him handed off a bunch. Gary, great dude. Um, he's a wholesale art dealer. And I don't know how lucrative that is. I don't know, but he had his he had every he was a noon baller. And seemed to be doing okay for himself. Gary was the guy who was not the worst player there, but, you know, games on the line, he'd come down, he'd be open, and he'd shoot a three and miss. It would cause you to lose the game. You're like, Gary, you're the worst guy to play with here. Not because you're bad, but you just don't know. Like, hey, games on the line, give me the ball. Or one of the better players, the basketball. You understand what I'm saying? So when we talk about worst, sometimes it's not the worst. It's just the worst. Got it? Let's get to our top five. All right, top five teams in the NFL. Um, do I have to do it in a particular order? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Everybody does a list. It's too early. It's too early. Okay? But here's my list of the five best teams that I saw, and I watched every team play, at least a little bit this weekend. Ravens. We knew the offense would be good. We didn't know it'd be that good. And the defense was so completely and thoroughly dominant of the Browns. I get it. Baker Mayfield looked like a mess. But again, they have good running backs. They do have a rebuild offensive line. Kevin Stefanski did do a good job calling plays last year with the Vikings. They have two stud wide receivers. And it was like, it was a complete, it looked like the Browns hadn't practiced. And I want to give credit to the Ravens. And Lamar Jackson, who's the MVP, looks like he's getting better at throwing outside the numbers. Ravens, Chiefs, do I need to go into the reasons? Do I, do I need to? They were good. I feel like they're better with, with a better running back, right? With Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, they're, they're loaded. Okay, Saints, 
you know, Saints continue to be like a play away from getting to a Super Bowl or NFC Championship game. And, you know, they still have Jameis emergency duty. You know, the the two quarterback thing is working. Alvin Kamara is healthy. Like they're really good. They added Emmanuel Sanders, gives them finally gives them, we feel like, another threat. I like the Saints a lot. And I, I think their defense is defense is finally consistently good. Uh Packers, Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Seahawks, Russell Wilson. That's it. Good? Okay, there's those, you know, they were aggressive early on. Russell Wilson might finally win the MVP. They didn't just run the ball and then they didn't just, they didn't do the Russell Wilson thing, which is like run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then last drive of the game, let's give it to Russell Wilson. He scrambles around and makes a play. Now they just decide like, hey, let's kick their ass from the time we kick off. And they did. And they did. On the road against an Atlanta team that people like myself think can be better than they were last year. Now the fun part. Five worst teams I saw in the National Football League. And I thought, I watched the first half of the, of the Washington football team. They were atrocious. But then they turned around and won a game. I'm still not convinced they're good but they may not be the one of the five worst teams. Five worst teams, the Jets, no offensive weapons. And outside of Mekhi Becton, like, I can't figure out what their offensive line actually is. And it's not like their defense is special, right? The Giants, no defensive talent. And their offensive line looks like they haven't played together. They're like, introducing, introducing themselves to each other. Uh, like, you want to go left this time or you want to go, which one you want to block, right? Like, it was bad. And part of it is, I think that the Steelers' defense is nasty, especially against run, always is, especially this year. So some of it is quality of competition, but they did not look good. I don't think anybody would argue they look good. The Browns, what can I say? Baker Mayfield needs to be better. He runs around like he's Kyler Murray. He's not. Not even Russell Wilson. And, yeah, I just they got a lot of something. It doesn't equate to wins. They, they look like they hadn't practiced. Um... The Bengals, like, it's hard. The Chargers were so inept offensively, I couldn't tell whether the Bengals' defense was better or it's just like, dude, Tyrod Taylor's just not very good, you know? Probably a little bit of both. And they're fine. But, I mean, the Chargers left so many, two first and goals that they didn't score on, went for touchdowns on, didn't score on. Chargers were a much better team, and they still aren't good. And the Bengals, I'm not convinced they're very good playing at home, rookie quarterback. He's going to be fine. But I'm not kidding. They're not good. I mean, they're getting better, but they were so bad, so bad that it's it's all based upon where they were last year. And then Carolina Panthers, um, they fought their way back into the game. They could have won, but I think that's more about the Raiders. I love Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, if you can name five defense players in the Carolina Panthers, I will send you a Fox Sports Radio hat. <laughs> Actually, I'll send you an odd couple hat because those are floating around. Yeah, Rob Parker's got all this uh, unlicensed merch with Jordan logos on it that he sells out the back of his, his car. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Brock Hewer joins us uh, here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Brock, you had uh, Packers Vikings, did you not? We did. Chris Myers, Greg Jennings in a very large stadium that I've been in a half dozen times at, along with CenturyLink Field and Arrowhead and Superdome are about as wild and crazy and loud and frantic as any place in the NFL. And it was weird. It was a cathedral that was empty. Um, and, okay. So my, my question is, 
Is was it the Vikings defense, you know, not having Daniil Hunter and having new defensive backs, or was Aaron Rodgers as good after the first couple series uh, as has he appeared to be? Yes and yes. <laughs> Do you want which one was more? Because it was both of those things. It, it didn't matter who was playing in the secondary for Minnesota, and that is that that's a defense that relies on a front harassing the quarterback, not sacking, but you've got to harass him. You got to get him off his spot. You got to make him uncomfortable. If Aaron Rodgers was playing on a grass field, he would not have had one, one stain, uh, not one piece of grass would have been on him. I think he got bumped once. I think officially it was like one hit, one knockdown, but the knockdown was almost uh, Aaron kind of acting out, like trying to maybe feel what, oh, what does the ground feel like today? Because I've not hit it at all. Um, so I, I, that, that absolutely contributed. But Aaron Rodgers was, was just, he was remarkable. I've seen him in person a number of different times. I don't think I've ever seen him physically, Doug, as sharp as he was. And, you know, he's fresh. He talked about an offseason like so many of these guys that went to work on his body that really developed some some of his leg strength. Um, I'm reminded of John Gruden sitting in that Monday night booth talking about Tom Brady and his bounce in his legs and the amount of work it takes to keep your legs strong as you get older. And Tom's legs, by the way, look pretty old. Aaron's looked just fine, and uh, he was he was throwing rockets all over the place. So Aaron was spectacular, and that defense was certainly hurting. Yeah, t- tales of his demise have been greatly exaggerated. Um, yes. What about the wide receiving core? I I noticed he, he was a little frustrated earlier, uh, you know, in a couple of those red zones when he 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 uh, threw the ball away, but then they started. They seemed to find ways to get uh, Scantis Valding Valdez uh, uh, mm-hmm. Scantling the ball and yep. Lazard the ball. Uh, noticeable improvement or going to, going against an overmatched secondary? No, I think noticeable improvement. And, and Devontae is is as good as anybody. It was fun working with Greg. And, and obviously, Greg Jennings, you know, a decade in the league, a phenomenal receiver himself. And when we got out to, to Vikings practice and started to watch practice, I just kind of said to Greg, what do you think of Devontae? And he was like, yeah, he's he's the best in the game. Like, I, I, there's not a guy that I would take over him. There's maybe some that are, as, you know, that are right there and DeAndre Hopkins and, and others, but there's nobody in Greg Jennings' mind better than Devontae and you saw that on full display fully healthy uh, battled a, a turf toe a year ago was never quite right coming off of that injury and uh, and Doug his body control for a guy that's 6'1 215 is what makes him really unique and um, so he he sets the table I think Lazard is a is a really nice two off of him um, a big body physical they call him a goon because he's willing to do whatever it takes and then you've got enough diversity and skill set between your H-backs Valdez Scantling you mentioned is the is the burner I kind of like that I kind of kind of like having a whole bunch of different set, you know, just skill sets and talents to work with. I know Aaron does, but it, it but it all goes with, with Devonte. If he's there, it is a more than capable receiving crew. If he is not there, it becomes league average in a hurry. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of uh, Brock Hewitt, NFL on Fox, a coll- and a college football analyst. Um, let me let me quickly ask you. Big story of the day is Nebraska's president hot mic incident. Talking about them starting the season. Everybody's saying October. 
Um, that you'll you'll have you gotten a call yet? I mean, what are you what are you, what are you hearing on the Big Ten? Yeah, I, I did a, a bunch of radio today with a, a lot of folks that are connected in the Big Ten, and I, you know, it's <laughs> one of the guys said anybody acts like they know definitively, they really don't know. They're kind of playing their cards. But by all accounts, and a number of folks that are as close to anybody in that conference, there is more positive momentum than ever before. And I know the Big Ten commissioner, the uh, excuse me, the the Nebraska president tried to backpedal and say it was out of context. Uh, no, it was not. It was not out of context. It was pretty clear that he feels like the vote is in. You've seen a number of folks on Twitter say the same thing, that the vote is in. I don't know why in particular they're waiting. If indeed they're just waiting for some seminal moment, these guys need to get back on the field. They need to get to practicing. I think realistically, October 17th, one month from today, is ample enough time for those guys and those programs that have been still participating. For those that have been put on hiatus, like Michigan State, like Wisconsin, it's going to be difficult. Difficult, more difficult to ramp up in a month. But Doug, yeah, I, I feel more genuine optimism today than I felt in a long time. Brock, you are joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, what about the Vikings? You get a chance to see him practice. You get a chance to see him up close. Um, I, I know eventually they'll get Daniel Hunter back. And as you pointed out, they did kind of take some of the gloves off of uh, Kirk Cousins, let him throw the football around yeah. the second half. And, and there was some explosiveness there. What are your thoughts on the Vikings now after seeing them up close? Similar to Green Bay in the sense that Adam Thielen makes them go. Without him, I don't know who you trust in a one-on-one against good corners in your division and good corners in your conference where, where Kirk's going to feel confident to, to hit a fifth step and say, yep, let this sucker rip because I got guys separating all over the field like you see in Kansas City and, and some of the other spots. So, you know, that Adam has got to stay healthy, something that's been hard for him to do the last couple years. And let's Face it, Doug, every one of these teams makes a sacrifice somewhere. Up in Seattle, for a number of years, they thought they could sacrifice on the offensive line. So we can convert defense alignment. We can go cheaper there. Russell will will be the Band-Aid to make everything just fine and, and work out. And, and he took a beating, and, and I think it hobbled them a little bit. Minnesota has said, we're going to go cheap and young at corner. We believe we can coach it. Mike Zimmer's system can equip these guys. We can develop them. They have one guy that just turned 24, Chris Boyd. Everybody else is 23 or younger playing that position. And, you know, when you're playing Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford can throw the ball and the NFC is loaded with quarterbacks that know how to manipulate the game at the line of scrimmage, the life of a corner one-on-one is a dangerous spot to gamble. It, it absolutely is. Speaking of speaking of Seattle, how much of that was, was them, you know, was Russell? How much of it is Atlanta's not very good? It, it was a lot of Russell. And, and man, when you just watch the energy, Doug, and I don't know how much of that game you got to see, but Jamal Adams was, uh, <laughs> I made the analogy, like, you know, when the power goes out in, in your neighborhood and your neighbor has the generator and you can hear him kind of pull the, the lawnmower cord and start it up and it's rumbling to get the, the, the lights lit. Well, Jamal Adams is not only that generator in that building, in that house, but he is like all the other neighbors plug into him and they want to be a part of it. That defense played with more juice, more violence, and just energy than I've seen in the last three years. And it's not even, not even close. Marquise Blair and, and Diggs and even Bobby, I think, energized by Jamal Adams' presence. So it, it stood out to me in stark contrast. The one team at 10 a.m. local time on their clocks was ready to go, amped up, couldn't wait to play. 
just felt like Atlanta was going through the motions. Super productive, 500 yards of offense, but just kind of going through the motions. And that doesn't work against Russell, man. You better have an unbelievable sense of urgency or he's going to take you apart. 31 of 35, 89% passing, 17 of 18, Doug, and passes less than five yards. That was the biggest difference watching this guy for nine years. He took the underneath throw. He played on rhythm. He played on time. They screened. They bubble screened. They smoke screened. They got the ball out of his hands. And uh, yeah, man, he was as sharp and as efficient as I've ever seen. Him. Um, look, I thought Cam looked good physically, but he really didn't throw the push the ball down the field. And there, you know, a lot of the questions were about his his shoulder, his arm. Were they or those questions all answered to you? No, not necessarily. And, and you know, it was fascinating on a one-year deal, you know, to watch Bill and, and, and how they're going to progress there. He carried it 15 times. It took a lot of contact, right? It was almost that, well, you know, I'm a franchise guy. I don't want to run. Why does everybody hit me? Why do I get treated differently? And you could see a very different mindset in a contract year. And I hope for his sake and, and the, the future contract that he wants somewhere, he can stay healthy carrying it 15 times and taking on the contact he did, unlike Kyler Murray, that avoided a lot of contact, Cam takes it on and, and a willingness to do so. Uh, so no, I don't think every question was answered about his arm. There was certainly a little more window into the way they're going to use him. And for as I said, for, for him in a contract year, <laughs> it's kind of like that running back, right? In the last year of his deal, those teams say, great, you, you want to carry it 300 times? Here you go. Go run through that wall. I'll be fascinated to see if he gets upwards of 150, 200, how many times he truly will tuck it and put that shoulder down. Um, okay, so help me out with with Sam Darnold. Uh, he didn't have anybody to throw to. No, he doesn't. I, I like Mekhi Becton, but I'm not sure about the rest of that offensive line. And no. and he's got a coach in Adam Gase who his claim to fame is, I was once Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and then, I, like, I and, like Sam. You like Sam too, don't I do, you? I do too. Yes. I like, look, at, at what point is it Sam? Or do we not get in a real sense of it because of of all the other stuff? And at what point do you get beat up so much? That's my concern. I, I like him. I, I still think he's got tremendous upside. I I still would have would have taken him where the Jets would have taken him. I like all of those. None of those things have necessarily changed. But the more times you get just knocked back on the mat and you just get knocked flat and get hit in the jaw and you just got to keep getting up and keep getting up and keep getting up. You know, Troy Aikman did that for a year, right? What was what one in fifteen his rookie year? But you could start to see a turn and you could start to feel that energy in that moment momentum and you've seen that with other quarterbacks to take a take a beating their rookie year but all of a sudden it starts to turn and then you see the stories on the other side you know the the David Carrs where it never did turn they took a beating and it just took you know I think a lot of the life out of them I hope that is not the case for Sam Darnold I still believe in him but the fact that he has such little weaponry around him I don't care who's designing and calling the plays if you can't win Tom Moore my old coordinator in Indy Doug love to say my job is to get you a one on one. Your job is to win it. And if you don't, you won't be in this league. And with the amount of turnover you have seen and some of the challenges at his skill positions, he didn't have a lot of guys that can win true one-on-ones. Um, Baker Mayfield, is it fixable? Whew. Yeah, that's that, a no. That, that, that's a no. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to. That's a, that's a, that's a, here's you, what, you, here's what I feel like. And I thought this when he was at OU is that they would play in the, in the national semifinals. They would play against a legit opponent and the stuff he got away with in the Big 12, he couldn't yes. get away with in the SEC. Yes. And it's even more pronounced now. Like, he always tries to scramble a little bit. Like, man, he, he wants to be Russell so bad, he's, he's not, not close to Russell. 
No. And it was a pronounced pregnant pause. And it was also because the biggest challenge he has is his division. Right, Tom Brady owned that division for two decades, and there really wasn't much competition. And poor Sam, you know, is is in that in that division for a couple of years. Darnold, you know, getting the snot beat out of him, and now it's like, okay, Tom leaves, but I don't really have anybody around me in that division. You have the Steelers. Did you watch that defense last night? You have the Ravens. You ranked them your number one team. I was just listening to. That's in your division, and even you know Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. The you know they've got some pieces around them. So just in that division, Doug, it's hard for me to imagine when you say. Is it fixable in that place, in that division? That's going to be a tough, tall task. It, it absolutely is. Uh, last thing before, before I let you go, uh, Tom Brady, his his coach says he's got to play better. I, I think that's inarguable, but it is interesting. One game in, the coach doesn't say, Bruce Arians doesn't say, hey, that's on us. We got to work together more. Instead, he says Tom's got to play better. How do you think that goes over? <laughs> yes. Oh, Bruce Arians is a beauty, isn't he? Yeah. He, he, just, he, he just doesn't care. I mean, I think he truly just doesn't care. And, and, and Tom has dealt with that enough and, and he knew what he was getting into. He was, he was a big boy. He looked at everything. He looked at the pieces there and, and what else could come in to kind of support him. So I don't think Tom Brady's sitting there sensitive. Whoa, don't come on, Bruce. Don't say that about me. That hurts my feelings. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he knew exactly what he's getting in Bruce Arians, a guy that will have his back. There's no question about that, but he's going to be blunt. And, and, you know, a Northeast guy that just calls it as it is, you weren't good. Those are two really terrible decisions. You got to be better. And you know what? I think there's something attractive to Tom that his coach isn't going to duck from some of that, is willing to tell the greatest of all time at that position, you got to be better. And I don't think Tom minds that kind of motivation. I don't, I don't think so either. I wonder how Giselle likes it because apparently she didn't like that, <laughs> that Belichick yelled at him anyway. Uh, what do you got this week? This week, I get to see Aaron again, and uh, the Detroit Lions will head to Green Bay down at least one corner, if not two. They just put Justin Coleman on the IR, Desmond Trufant's banged up, so I think Aaron's going to get a secondary similar to the one that he just took a good look at. Oh, yeah, and DeAndre Swift, the, the, the drop the, the drop to end all drops. That, you think that you could ever, that's your first game. Oh. That, you know, you can turn the page or move forward, but that's still like, it's monumental. Your first, I was asking Greg Jennings, you remember your first game? Everybody remembers your first game. I dropped, <laughs> the, I, dro- I dropped one. the game when he touched down pass on second oh, down. Oh, that hurts. Yes, that hurts. It, it, do, it does hurt. Safe travels to Green Bay. You're my idol. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. I've never yeah. been to Green Bay. I want to go, I want to go so bad. I got my, I got my uh, Cheesehead TV sweatshirt here. I got I to get to Green Bay. Colin Cowherd is taking the Clippers tonight. I'll tell you who I like next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. 
But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to Start listening. Now. Doug Gottlieb, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to leave the house and rediscover the road. The first ever Mazda CX-30 is made for people who love to drive. That's you. Then go to MazdaUSA.com. Learn more about the entire Mazda CUV lineup and available finance options. This is Colin Cowherd earlier today talking about Clippers, Nuggets, Game 7. Clippers are going to win Game 7 tonight over Denver. You do get that nine of the last 12 NBA champs have faced a Game 7 at some point in the playoffs. This is what it's like. This is not a great team. This is not a dynasty. The Clippers weren't the number one seed. This is Kawhi's history. Go back to last year. Game 7 against the Sixers. Remember that jumper from the corner, that iconic shot? If that doesn't go in, if this shot doesn't go in, 
The game goes to overtime. The Raptors season could be over. They needed this bounce to win the series. And then Kawhi gets to the finals against Golden State. Steph's hurt. Clay's hurt. Kevin Durant's hurt. The team doctor's hurt. Steve, everybody was hurt. And that went six games. Kawhi's legacy is this spot. He's been in this spot a lot. It's never been easy for Kawhi. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Look, I, there's there's something kind of off about this team because they've been they 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 were smoking the Nuggets in both the past two games and just all of a sudden kind of fell asleep at the wheel, got a little selfish. The Nuggets went after their poor defenders, and there was nothing they and it was just an onslaught. So, do I think the Clippers are far better than Nuggets? I do, I do. I think if it's a blowout, it'll be the Clippers by 15. But if it's close. Feel like it's going to be the Nuggets just because at some point it the pressure is on the Clippers and they don't seem to be a group that's that's connected is is the is the ah! what does the fuck say? music who do you think wins the uh, that that game? I am going to go with the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I have some friends who are down there in the bubble and they're like, eh, they're really talented. Um, as in the the Clippers or the Nuggets. <laughs> No, I mean, they're both really talented, but the Clippers, I think, right. are, but they're just something, it's like one of those, something missing, right? This thing should be over already. They should be, they shouldn't be allowing LeBron James to to rest, you know, and to get focus and to break down. The Lakers think the Clippers are going to win. The Lakers absolutely think think that. Um, That's absolutely part of their belief. That they're not, I don't even think they're preparing for the Nuggets. But all of that, that's kind of how the Clippers have carried themselves, as if they're too good for this thing to finish it off. And now you got to finish it off. So, you know, in terms of overall talent and championship pedigree, I, I do think the Clippers have it, but the pressure is pressure. Big Ben is back. How'd he look? I'll tell you next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.